Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of Awkward Pals. It's been a couple weeks since we last recorded, uh, but the releases should have still looked the same to you. Uh, But that means we have a lot to talk about, so much that it won't even fit into this episode, which, you know, Colt and I were just talking before, um, and I was saying, I I think that's better sometimes, because it means we know for sure we'll have something to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but with having so many things, uh, I don't want to hold on too long. We got some big stuff, some big stuff we've been waiting for. Um, that's, you know, we're going to wait a bit till the end to talk about that. Let's start with what if and, uh, episode two of what if the T'Challa star Lord episode. First of all, g- great, great episode. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, you know, comparing it to episode one, it's definitely better. It's more ambitious. You know, episode mm-hmm. one is just a re- Played it safe. It's, it's a retelling of the first Avenger, just swapping some roles around. This is an entirely new story, you know? They're, they're two, the two ends of the spectrum of what a what-if can be, right? Um, yep. So immediately, I think it was very smart move to make those the first two episodes, immediately show you what the range of this show is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I honestly maybe think they should have done what WandaVision did and released them together. Um, just like right off the bat. Yeah. Just both of them together show you, this is the range of the show. Here you go. Um, because then I think, and we'll get to this later, but I think episode three falls like right in the middle of that range as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but episode two, you know, let's get the obvious out of the way. Um, one of the last appearances of, of Chadwick Boseman. You know, he still has three more episodes he recorded, but um, that, I definitely teared up at that dedication at the end. Um, that kind of hit you like a brick wall, too. Yeah. Weird. Like, you knew it was coming, you just didn't know when, and then it was like, boom. Yeah. Um, we're recording this on uh, August 29th. Um, so for us, just yesterday was the uh, one-year anniversary of of his passing, um, which I, I keep fluctuating back and forth between, wow, I can't believe it's only been a year, and wow, I can't believe it's already been a year. Um, but uh, I I rewatched Black Panther yesterday as a sort of just tribute to him. Um, and it... I, I I just teared up a lot of times just seeing him, you know, giving giving his all to his character and remembering that he won't be here to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're filming the sequel right now. Um, I'm gonna assume that they took you know did something on set yesterday for him. Um, but. Yeah, anyway, this this episode really shows um, how great T'Challa is, right? Mm-hmm. How how he was able to change the universe. And, and I was actually reading um, Chadwick Boseman was one of the first stars to agree to do this series because he wanted to get T'Challa out there as much as he could. 
and and Kevin Feige was even talking about um, after Chadwick Boseman got out of the booth from recording this episode, he went to him and he was like, hey, I want to bring some of that voice that he had in this episode to Black Panther 2, and obviously that that won't come to be, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I can definitely see where he was coming from, you know? There was a lot more, especially with just rewatching Black the Black Panther, um, there's a lot more kindness behind T'Challa in this one, right? Yeah. Um, in in the first one, he was he was very much on um, on the warpath, um, which is you know kind of interesting thinking back on. I was I was gonna say he's vengeful, but but even in Civil War, he you know he he should have says you know I'm done letting vengeance consume me, and then he turns right around and he's like I I need to kill Claw. <laughs> So, so perhaps he wasn't fully, oh, you know, done with vengeance as he as he thought he was. Yep. Um. But but I mean we still we still see a lot of that compassion, um, within you know the 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 sacred timeline, as as the Loki series has called it. We see that with um, you know, with Killmonger at the end of the movie, right? He takes him out to see the sunset and. And he's like, we can heal you, and and Killmonger's like, nope, just just let me die in the ocean. And you know, presumably that's what happens. We don't really see it happen. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of people theorizing, oh, we didn't see his death, so he's not actually dead. No, I mean, just follow from a thematic perspective, right? You don't need everything literally spelled out for you. You know it happened. <laughs> um, I don't know. Some people are pretty brain dead. Um. Anyway. Um, I, I, I loved a lot of what they did in this episode. One thing that did confuse me a little bit that I just thought was interesting is, um, you know, the flashback, you know, 1988, same as Guardians, you know, because that's when the Ravagers go down. And I did like the, the explanation for, oh, well, Yondu sent his subordinates instead of himself, so they got it wrong, but, but there's still the question of how do they get that wrong? Oh, all the cosmic energy coming out of Wakanda. Of course, because it's full of vibranium, which came from a meteorite. You know, they're, they're, they're full of cosmic energy down there, which is probably a match to, like, Peter Quill's celestial blood, right? So, of mm-hmm. course, they just see the cosmic energy and be like, oh, cosmic energy, here's the kid. Um, I, d- I did love the little, the little, like, they look exactly the same thing. <laughs> Uh, remind me a lot of that. Uh, you know that scene from Victorious, the Nickelodeon show. I watched like <laughs> a little bit of Victorious here and there. I've never seen the full thing. Um, so there's this maybe, maybe not. There's this joke. They're in like a theater class or whatever, and um, they get. I don't remember any of the characters' names, but the black kid and uh, one of the white kids, and and they play twins, like identical twins in this little production and there's just a little joke where um tori who's playing their father is like i i can't even tell my own twin sons apart and then whoever was playing the mother was like it's not your fault they look identical <laughs> so it just it made me think of that um but anyway the the problem i was getting to not even not even problem just confusion was after the flashback it cuts to 20 years later which would be 2008, 2008, right? So I'm just a little confused because 
you know, everything else in the MCU has to be accelerated then. Um, I can understand, I can, I, honestly, Thanos isn't even where I have the issue, and I love what this episode did with Thanos. He was so fun. I just seemed mm-hmm. like a good guy, Thanos. Um, I, I can even understand that, because, like, he, he, he didn't go on his quest to get the Infinity Stones. He was talked out of it before that quest even began, right? What I'm more confused about was the Collector, like, having Steve's shield. Um, that was the biggest thing, because Steve would not have been unthawed yet by that time. Um, so, I mean, you know, you you get into these specifics and it's like, well, you know, what even, you know, this is what if, you know, this is alternate. So, you know, we can just say, oh, these things happened earlier, you know, the timeline was Mm -hmm. accelerated a little bit or whatever. Um, I just found it very interesting that they, that they specifically chose 20 years later. Like I thought, I, I think like saying 30 years later would have made more sense. Put it in 2018, but it, it, you know, the, the story is exactly the same either way. It's just a little bit of text. <laughs> um, it's just, that's just me, you know, being like the timeline person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I didn't really understand what it was that like, I loved about time, like knowing timelines so much until um, there's this guy I watch on YouTube and listen to his podcast, um, Dakota from Geek Critique, um, and his podcast Project Geekology. He is obsessed with timelines, like even more so than I am. And and it wasn't until like his explanation where he's like, well, you know, I think I think time is one of the most important uh, aspects of world building. If you can have a a solid understanding of time within this world um then the history of it becomes a lot clearer and and i think i think that that makes a lot of sense um time time really helps paint a large picture of if you know when these things happen in relation to each other especially in a larger universe like the mcu um, it can really understand, oh, well, this takes place here, and that's what that world looked like at that time, so I can understand this character's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I feel like I haven't even done that much talking about the episode. Um, <laughs> so, so what else did we, did we have? Um, Howard the Duck. I expected a larger role based on the trailers. Because uh, they kept showing him for that episode, but I mean, still bigger than than any other role he's had thus far. Um, even though he was yeah, give me more Howard the Duck. Um, but it was it, it was it was nice getting a little bit of him. Um, the Collector filling the void of of Thanos, you know, filling that power vacuum becoming the most ruthless kingpin in the galaxy, and, and his collection is much larger than we've seen on the Sacred Timeline, right? Um, the fact that they sent out a Wakandan spacecraft to look for T'Challa, um, I thought was interesting. Uh, Korath. Korath was so fun, geeking out over like meeting T'Challa, who, who as Star-Lord like, actually has like a legacy. Unlike mm-hmm. Peter did, um, you know, very opposite reactions there to to meeting them, but yeah, and then and then Korath just joining the Ravagers because he wanted to be around T'Challa. 
I love that. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts was just everywhere he went, just going, oh, yeah, you could say uh, T'Challa and I were best friends. Like, <laughs> right? Whenever When they happened, just I met, just... like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so good. Um, I I did get really emotional when they when they went back to Wakanda at the end and, like, were reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did think it was just funny, Thanos in Wakanda. I was like, huh, this is, this is going very differently than... Then the last then time seen we as an audience have seen Thanos in Wakanda. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, the ending with, with Peter Quill working in, working in the Dairy Queen and Ego comes to get him. And Peter Quill never had the Guardians. He didn't have that family to fall back on. So Ego's going to be the only family to him. And, you know, that, that goodness has not been built in this version of Peter Quill right nope that universe is fucked and that's basically what the watcher says he's like yeah they're fucked <laughs> um I'd, I'd love to see in season two they do an episode that follows that because i know they've said you know season two could pick up some of the storylines that they leave in season one you know come back to some of them um and i think that'd be a great one to do because i think yeah, there a- there is a story to tell there about that version of peter quill Oh yeah. Um, we've seen okay. T'Challa became Star Lord, so now we get to see well what happens to Peter Quill instead. Um. And is that universe truly fucked, or, you know, can some outside force come in and and stop it? Right. Perhaps, T'Challa, uh, maybe not, so that they don't have to, do the character without Chadwick Boseman. Maybe they find another way. Um, we'll have to see, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's one thing to like recast him in the live action stuff. It's another thing to find a different voice actor for the animation, considering there's other characters that have already been recast for the animation. Right. Yeah. So, so I feel like they might be more willing to, to recast him in what if, um, but leave, leave him as only Chadwick Boseman in, uh, the live action stuff. But, um, speaking of, I was, I was thinking about this a little bit recently and I was thinking, um, that they could, you know, they could find a way to include him in, in the second movie, um, kinda Carrie Fisher him into it, you know, like what they did with Carrie Fisher in, in Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. do that with him for a little bit, not like you know, try to piece together him for the whole storyline, but just, like, sure, he goes to the ancestral plane and he's there and he doesn't really say anything, but they just use some footage they had of him standing around or something to put that in. They'd have to get a lot of permission to do that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, just for a little, a small scene, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't even say anything, but it's just, like, his presence, like, reassures her or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. I, I feel like that would be a way to include him that would still be respectful to him as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a scene I would like to see. Um, but anyway, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this episode? No, nah, I thought overall it was really good. Yeah, it's... I also like the, uh, the little, like, Wakandan drum 
thing they did. Yeah, they did the they did throw in the like some of the Wakandan themes, some of some of Ludwig Göransson's score, which uh, he's such an incredible composer. And yes, really, I mean, I know he won an Oscar for Black Panther, but I still feel like he's underrated. No one talks about yep. him. You know, he mm-hmm. he should be on John Williams level, like in, in fame mm-hmm. for composers. Alan Silvestri, because he's done. He did Black Panther. He's doing. He's actively on the Mandalorian, right? Um, on a smaller note, he did the score for Community, uh, which is like one of my favorite sitcoms. So, um, you know, he and and that, you know that Community is not known for its music, but Black Panther and Mandalorian are. Those are big. You know, um, he should be getting more recognition for his work. Yeah, Mandalorian theme is like my favorite theme ever yeah it's really really good um but yeah i so far of the three episodes we have uh this one was my favorite um like i said you know chadwick boseman being back was or seeing his his last works was really um heart-wrenching um but moving on to episode three, um, you know, we, we take a new genre that, that Marvel hasn't really explored before, and we get a little bit of a murder mystery. Um, and I thought that was that was pretty fun to see, right? I did enjoy this one. Yeah, um, I will say one thing, um, and this is kind of small, because honestly, who's watching this show that hasn't, like, seen all the movies, right? Or at least most of them. But... You know, if you don't really know very well, there's no clues that point to it being Hank, right? He's not no. introduced anywhere earlier in the episode or anything. Like, you have to have the knowledge of the movies. Which, again, who's watching it that doesn't? But also, it's like... And that's why it's just a minor problem for me. I just wish there was some sort of clue. Maybe even just a mention of Hope earlier, right? Um, Just, like, call her by name or something. Um... But what I a big thing I liked about this episode is that it uh, re reconfirmed Fury's big week. Um, so for those of you unaware, Fury's big week was a tie-in prelude comic to the Avengers that basically gave the information that Iron Man Two, The Incredible Hulk, and Thor at least the majority of these plots all take place during the same week, which is called Fury's Big Week. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty cool that they still kept that in mind when making this and had them taking place at the same time. Um, That's pretty funny. So it's, 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 it's nice to, to have that cohesion, especially because it's like... The tie-in comics are a soft canon, right? It's like, sure, they're canon, but they can be easily contradicted, and they won't, you know, brush them away, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's nice to have that information in a more solid medium. Even though it's, you know, in a different universe, but we're still following that same timeline, you know, of mm-hmm. events. Yep. So, well, so it's like, well, if it's this way in this universe, it has to be that way in the main universe, because that's just how it was. And even even the Watcher says um, these happened at the same time, and when he does those 
you know, opening monologues, he's talking about the sacred timeline. Um, so. Um, where was I? Yes. Um, I, I Hank Pym made a lot of sense, though. Like, they, they had the clues there, like, kind of, if you knew to look for them, right? Like, you go back and you're like, and, well, it does what those murder mysteries always do, where they flash back and show you it, you know? So, but it's like, but they're like, oh, uh, a projectile came out of this syringe. The, the, the whatever didn't even go in. The serum, the antidote, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hawkeye, part- Hawkeye being like, I don't slip. I don't slip. That, you know, I couldn't have done that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, I was kind of right. I was kind of right that this episode would be Hawkeye killing Thor. He did it inadvertently, but I was right that that would connect to Loki and Loki taking over and everything. So I did piece that together when I saw that live. I was like, Crystal did call that one. <laughs> um, kind of. I kind of called it. Um, but I mean, really, they. I think I think Loki on Earth being how what they said this episode would be isn't really like an accurate way to describe this episode. You know, that's one small part of it. It's mm-hmm. and and I get maybe they didn't want to say it was a murder mystery and have people already trying to figure it out weeks in advance. Yeah. Before the episode even aired, so maybe that's why they did it that way. But uh, they could have just said like it's the Fury's big week episode or something, right? Um, but anyway, yeah, um, Hulk, I think was a very interesting one to look at just because I, Marvel rarely ever revisits anything regarding the Incredible Hulk movie, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they bring back William Hurt. Yeah. Abomination's coming back, but I mean, they've even redesigned Abomination, which is good. I love his redesign, uh, much more comic accurate. But, you know, and it was strange. It was strange, like, there was a bit of a weird disconnect in my brain having Mark Ruffalo be there when it was Edward Norton in that movie. And, I mean, I get it. He is, he's Bruce Banner now, but it was just weird but seeing these... But at the these, time, that wasn't the right, case. Right, seeing these moments that were supposed to be Edward Norton being played by Mark Ruffalo. Um, but at the same time... Neither of the other characters he's walking around with have their original voice actresses. So, <laughs> you know, there's not Scarlett Johansson, there's not Liv Tyler. So it's like, whatever. Um, what I do think is a little interesting, though, is that his face in this episode kind of looks like a blend of Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, that threw me off. Like, I, I think they should have just gone full Mark Ruffalo face yeah. on it. Um, like, like, I don't know, he had, like, the head shape of Mark Ruffalo, but, like, the facial features of Edward Norton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little strange. Um, also, holy shit, what a horribly gruesome death. Like, I was uncomfortable yeah. watching him just he- expand and explode like that. I turned and looked at my little brother, and I was like, what the fuck? I, I remember <laughs> thinking, thank God this is animated. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was fucking... And I saw, like, a video of someone talking about the episode, and they're like, I wish it was more gory. And I was like, that was gory enough. That was... Yeah, this isn't invincible. Right. 
That was horrifying. Um, Which, by the way, I did watch. You did watch all of it? I'm like six episodes. Okay, so you're almost done. You're almost done. Yeah. But I mean, what, it's eight episodes in the season, right? Yeah, I think so. So you're in, well, you're in for a treat on those last two. I, it's, if you thought shit hit the fan already, you haven't seen anything yet. I will uh I will give my hot take on Invincible when I have finished All it. Alright. Um I'm wor- I'm a bit worried yeah. about hot take there, but we'll save that. No, we'll it's, save that it's not even really a hot take. <laughs> okay. Um but yeah, and 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 you know, we find out Hank, you know, killed him by throwing a growing disc at his heart. Jesus like that's even more gruesome than when we first saw it. <laughs> when they come back to it. Right? Like, what the hell? Yeah, my mouth is pretty wide open at I, that part. Ugh, God. Um, if it was in, like, another movie, I'd be like, okay. But not from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I even, th- I just, I... It. You know what it made me think of? In, um... In one of the Marvel Zombies comics, which we're going to get a what if, what if episode about, but in one of the Marvel Zombies comics, there's a Sandman from, like, the Marvel Zombies universe, and he crosses over into a universe where, like, things are normal, and he thinks Spider-Man is a zombie. So what he does is he goes inside of him and just keeps filling Spider-Man with sand until he explodes. <laughs> it's that's horrifying because this isn't a zombie spider-man this is just a regular peter parker it's oh god like it's a lot that's pretty dark yeah that's dark yeah um so it made me think of that seeing hulk explode like that um i will say i watch I watch movies and TV uh, with subtitles, and one one thing I wished was that in subtitles, if a character says something and it's meant to be, like, if they want the audience to interpret it a certain way and then reveal that, oh, actually, what they meant was this, I wish the subtitles would show that. Because it kind of spoils it a little bit when Natasha's saying it's all about hope and they're capitalizing hope. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that kind of messed it, it up a little bit. Put it in quotations and italicize it. Yeah. Just, or just, just lowercase it. Just lowercase hope. Because that's what we're supposed to think initially that she's saying, right? So, except once it was. Once it was, all, like, once we saw that we couldn't see who was beating up Black Widow, my first thought was Ghost. But then I realized... That was my first thought. I was like... Especially because it was like, oh, a woman, S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, and she was working, like, undercover for Hydra or whatever was her origin. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, she doesn't, like, really turn invisible. She turns intangible. Right? Mm-hmm. So... So that didn't really make any sense. So I was like, okay. But, you know, I was still on that Ant-Man track, especially because we had seen, uh, like, a flash of, of Janet on screen. 
who hadn't been mentioned either. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, and then when she said Hope, I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's Hank. Hank did it, you know, about, or, I was like, either Hank or Hope did it. But if it's Hope, you know, why is Hope doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, and then they show Hope's grave, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's Hank. (laughs) And sure enough, it walks out, and, and it was Michael Douglas. Um, they, they got Michael Douglas back, and what I appreciated was that they didn't put his name in the opening credits, because that would have really spoiled it. (laughs) Yep. Um... And and the fight, you know, Loki disguised as Nick Fury was a was a fun fight to see. Um, I was like I was like, huh, that's interesting. But uh, but uh, when he's like just doing flips and stuff, but I'm like, well, you know, it's it's animation, and they could just you know, oh, he's a little, yeah, he can get a little bit more action stuff because I know Samuel L. Jackson can't do that. <laughs> uh, he's like, how old is that man? Very old. This is not a roast, Samuel. Please no, don't. No, he's not. No, roast us. I, he's. Listen, I, 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 age. You're a legend. Age is a good thing. It, you know, it means you've survived a lot. That's how I've always seen it. I, I've never, you know, maybe not never, but, but. My philosophy has been for a long time that. Um, people shouldn't complain about how old they are, because it, it just, it means you've been through it a lot and you know not everyone makes it as far as you do in life so true in in terms of actual age so age is great age is a wonderful thing um but that said it does decrease your physical ability and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Samuel Jackson cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. We got that. We got we got back to the point. Um but then once he started, like, there was a bunch of Nick Furies. I'm like, this is Loki. You know? Um, and I, I did like Hank's little line, who's the goth kid? I thought that was... Yeah. That, that got a nice chuckle out of me. Um, but then, Avengers are gone. There's no one to stop Loki. He takes over in a day. You know? But, Nick Fury gets right on it. And, and he's going to put together a new team of Avengers with at least Captain America and Captain Marvel. At the very least, the two of them. Um, the question is, you know, who else Who else do you think would be on his team? You know, if you have to think about the time and what superheroes are, are around operating then, right? Um, and, and there aren't really many. Um... You know, perhaps Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 could get involved in this. You know, they'd have a personal interest, um, you know, being as Guardian. But I can't think of who else would make up this Avengers team. Do you, do you have any ideas? I don't know. I was going to say something about, like, maybe Bucky, but that wouldn't have made sense. No. That's the only other, like, person that I could think of that would still be, like, doing stuff. Yeah, I know, because he'd, he'd still be under Hydra at that time. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, but, I mean, Captain Marvel is still plenty of firepower. <laughs> so. So, I it's think, like I think they're right pretty, there. I think they're pretty good to go. Um... 
But yeah, I don't I I wouldn't be opposed to them like coming back to this one to continue in next season. But I I'm also I'm satisfied with where this story ends off, you know. I more want episode two to continue. I feel like there's a full story there here. It's just like, okay, they fight Loki and, and what? You just do the first Avengers movie again with a different team? You know? We've already yeah. done this movie, but with different characters. <laughs> you know, it was episode one. So And we're gonna get the same outcome. Right. So it's like it's like do we do we need it? You know? Um But revisiting episode two would definitely um, have, you know, a lot more of a story to it. And, you know, I think that's a fun thing to do as we go through this series at the end of each episode, discuss would we want to revisit this one in season two for, for, for further storytelling. So I say for season, for episode one, maybe. Um, I You know, I'm interested to see what Captain Carter's story would be with, you know, you know, what's, what is her relationship with the Tony of that universe? You know, stuff like that. We talked about that, uh, not last time, two episodes ago. Um, T'Challa Star-Lord, definitely want to revisit. And episode three, wouldn't be opposed to it, but don't really need it. Uh, do you, same thoughts? Do you um, agree, disagree? So, am I allowed to compare the first one to the next two? Uh, sure, yeah, I mean, keep... Okay, so, in terms of that, no. Yeah. For the first one. For the second one, yes. And for the third one, no. Okay. Just because, like you've said pretty much, we've already seen that. So it's like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna revisit it, you gotta change it up drastically. Right, and, and we have to, and we have to see, you know... Where do some of these characters go after the Guardians of the Multiverse? Which, mm-hmm. it's happening. Let's not kid ourselves. It's it's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, do, do they even make it back into their own universes at the end of it, right? You know, with the rumor that, that Captain Carter's going to be in Multiverse of Madness, you know. There's all that, there's all that to consider. Um, but as the episodes are right now, that's how I feel about it. And I'm sure we'll re-address this. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep going, you know. We'll have episode four, which that's the thing. We don't even know what episode four is going to be yet. I By the time this is out, I think we will, because I think they've usually started marketing the specific episode by then, um, or at least putting out, like, a character poster or two. So, because, yeah, episode one put out character posters for Peggy and Steve. Episode two just put out one for T'Challa, and then episode three put out character posters for Fury and Widow. So, we'll see what episode four is. Um, but, yeah. You know, lots of, lots of fun to be had with this series. I'm, I'm really liking it so far. Um, I can't wait to see where it goes, you know. And, and there's actually, we haven't really mentioned this before, but there are, like... They, they've confirmed that What If will not be the only animated project coming out of Marvel Studios. In fact, they're creating a second, smaller studio within Marvel Studios just for animated projects. Um, which they have... I vibe with that. They have specifically said they won't do animated movies. They will The animation will only be for series, which I think is fair uh, with yeah. the way the MCU is structured. 
Um, but that got me thinking, you know, what are some other projects that they could do? And I re-stumbled across a, a certain little, little conversation. Uh, Neil Gaiman, you know, a few years ago. You know Neil Gaiman, right? <laughs> Neil Gaiman uh, wrote uh, Good Omens. Uh, Norse Mythology is another famous work of his. Um, but a big series he's known for in comics uh, is Sandman. But... For Marvel, he wrote a series called Marvel 1602. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's the Marvel Universe, but in the year 1602. Oh, that's fucking sick. All these sick. characters, you know, are, are you know just born earlier. And, you know, so it's like a Victorian era thing. Um, Spider-Man is, you know, on stage performing Shakespeare. He's an actor. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, but a few years ago, Neil Gaiman actually went to Marvel Television, which is no longer a functioning, um, um, stu uh, studio, I guess. I guess, would you, I'd call it, I guess you can call them a studio. I'd call it a studio. Yeah. Marvel Television no longer, but they, he went to them about the possibility of a Marvel 1602 series, and they shut him down, like, pretty much immediately. But then he went to Kevin Feige, and was like, hey, I know, like, you're trying to do stuff for Disney Plus. You know, Disney Plus wants you making things. Marvel 1602. And Kevin, and, and, you know, word is Kevin Feige was very interested, actually. And they're both very interested in doing it, and they just need a kind of, um, to see how, how fans would feel about it before they commit to it. I, I think an animated series of that would be perfect, you know? Especially, yeah, if, I'd be so especially down. with the idea that you know the animation is more to explore the multiverse, and and something like that, you know, you're not doing that in live action. You're not getting all those actors back for this thing, getting them all in costume and everything, and the huge budget it would take for an alternate universe, right? But yeah. animation, get someone back for the voice cast, just like they did with What If. I'd love to see like a little eight part series, right? That's all I need. It's a the the book was just eight issues. Do an episode based on each issue. Maybe explore the stories a little more. Go a bit in depth, and there you go. I, I think that'd be a very fun uh, multiverse project out of their animation studio. Um, yeah, I'd be down to see that. And I love anything in that time. And honestly, I think it's you know knowing that they're going to do more than just what if. I think it's the most likely thing to happen but but we really have to just wait and see what they announce right mm -hmm. um but anyway let's let's get out of the multiverse a little bit go back to the sacred timeline we're gonna talk about a trailer a trailer that everyone's been waiting for for so long where where is this trailer and that is the eternals final trailer of course what else did you think i'd be talking about you guys are crazy yeah but i yeah the final trailer for eternals no um this trailer, I, I, that's, I no, I wasn't actually going to get into the other one. We'll we'll talk about it next. <laughs> um, next week. No, we'll make sure we talk about it on this episode. I know we're already at forty minutes, but we'll make sure to talk about it this time. If we have to go a bit over for it, we will. Um, what uh, this trailer? What did you think? I think it um, gave us a lot more 
the information on what the story is. You know, we didn't really know before. Bit more information on the story, a bit more information on the timeline. Um, we knew, you know, a bulk of it would be after Endgame, but we didn't really know how much. How much. Um, but they say, and they say specifically in the trailer, it's been five years since Thanos snapped. So we know it's the same year as Endgame. My current estimation is going to be in between WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because um, WandaVision is, you know, three weeks after Endgame. So I don't think Eternals will be that soon after um, but it, we have to wait to see to know for sure. Um, Earth just really has, like, a rough go of it. <laughs> right? Like, there's just so much shit happening to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so we kind of know, you know, they're going after the deviants, right? Um. Which look awesome. Yeah, and, and, oh my god, to see a celestial in the trailer. Like, one of the OG celestials, full Jack Kirby- you know, goodness right there. Mm-hmm. I love Jack Kirby. Fun story about Jack Kirby. You know the movie Argo? Ben yeah, Affleck. Ben Affleck's movie. It's based on, like, the story that that's based on, Jack Kirby was a part of. Because that whole movie's about, like, oh, they're filming a fake movie to say that the hostages are their crew and get them out of there. That's a, based on a real CIA operation and Jack Kirby made concept art for this fake movie. And he didn't even know, like, he thought he thought he was making concept art for an actual movie. That is fucking insane. Right? I love Argo. I actually haven't seen it. It's a good movie. <laughs> I, it's one I, I've been meaning to. I, I've seen a few clips here and there in, like, one of my history classes. But um, Ben Affleck is a better director than he is a actor. Really? I don't. I don't think he's a. He's an awful actor. I just think he doesn't get a lot of good roles for him. Yeah. Really, is how I feel about it. Um, especially because what I more know him from is Daredevil and Batman, <laughs> and mm-hmm. neither of which are, are good fits for him. Well, and I, that act honestly, that's being unfair to his Batman. He's. I don't think he's an awful fit for Batman. I think Zack Snyder is a bad director for Batman, because honestly, his couple scenes in Suicide Squad, which is not a good movie were like him at his best in that role i think i think he was like honestly he felt like a good batman there so fair i don't know it's the only time i really strongly felt that i think he was all right in Zack snyder's justice league um but we've had we had that whole conversation back all the way back in like episode two of this series so of this series of this podcast i guess a podcast is a series it still just felt weird to call it that. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> off track here. Eternals. Um, you know, they we learned that the Eternals can only get involved if they're deviants, right? Which, which is why they never, um, you know, helped out when, when Thanos was attacking. Which does bring up a huge change from the comics. Because in the comics, Thanos is a deviant. Yeah, I was going to, like, um, question that, too, because I don't really know what the specification for a deviant is. But, so, like, it seems like there's been a lot of them. A deviant is, like, an eternal with the deviant gene. And that's what Thanos was in the comics. Clearly not in the MCU, which we kind of already saw that change because they called him a titan instead of a deviant. 
we see on his home planet there are other people that look like him which is not the case in the comics he was a genetic mutation um i think his own mother tried to kill him because you know he was born wrong so you know different definitely um, but yeah, deviants are very specific. They're they're just like they're an eternal with a deviant gene. Gotcha. So, other than that, though, we still don't see a lot of this movie. We saw a lot more Richard Madden in this trailer than we did before. I think he's going to be more of the one of the big leads of the movie, right? Him and Angelina Jolie, I think, will take the leads here. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of of more of him in the trailer. Kumail Nanjiani, I think, will take you know be be probably the comedic relief of the movie most likely um and then everyone else is just kind of going to be tertiary characters um i still you know playing a big part it's just it, it is a lot of characters for this movie there's like 10 eternals to go mm-hmm. through so you know they're not all going to get you know the most attention in this film um but it'll probably get sequels and they'll probably show up in other things and you know all that so um but it, it makes sense that that um Richard Madden would get one of the larger roles because I believe he is playing Icarus, who is like in like any Eternal Eternals comic, he's the main character pretty much most of the time, from my understanding. I haven't read a lot of Eternals comics. I've read a few here and there, but his like most the most famous run of Eternals, also written by Neil Gaiman, um, he is the lead, and it's like about him like he he has amnesia and doesn't even know what an Eternal is. And he's just, like, living life as a normal dude. And the other Eternals have to, like, help him figure out who he is, rediscover his powers so that they can stop. You know, whatever. So. Hmm. Clearly not going to be the plot of this movie. Although I do feel like that would have been a good one to adapt. Especially because I think it would have helped a lot uh, for the audience's sake, right? Of... Mm-hmm oh, we get to discover what the Eternals are at the same time that he does. I think that would have been a good story. And you know what, though? Marvel lies so much in their trailers, it could still very well be based on that one. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's all I have to say about that. So speaking of lying in trailers, I think No Way Home is doing a lot of it. We're finally talking about it. It's finally here. Oh, my fucking talking God. Um... <laughs> There's a lot to say about this trailer, but I yes. will I will I will continue this segue. We have a couple shots that I just first of all, I don't think I don't think Peter's going to wear the iron spider suit once in this movie. Think back to the Far From Home trailer. There's like a bunch of scenes where he's wearing the homecoming suit and in the actual movie he's wearing the iron spider suit, right? And they just did that to not spoil that it takes place after Endgame because he's supposed to be dead, which, I, come on, it obviously took place. It was gonna, you know, he was obviously gonna come back. Yeah. It was obviously, like, you weren't fooling anyone. And I think they knew they weren't fooling anyone. They just couldn't admit it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't think he's gonna wear the Iron Spider suit once. I think this is gonna be the integrated suit that he's wearing. Um, and in a couple of these shots, you also, there's a lot of negative space around him, right? Kind of like just enough space for two other people to be standing in the shot. Uh, what? <laughs> who, could, who could these people possibly be, right? This is crazy talk. Um, 
So so I think I think Toby and Andrew have been cut out of a couple shots. Um, yeah, I don't even think they're in the movie anymore. They just cut them out so much. Yeah. Um, no, I, there's there's some pretty credible looking like set leaks that look like you know them yeah. on set. Um, I do think any scenes they did they kept like inside a set to minimize you know so that no one they didn't do any outdoor really shooting saw. with them because because yeah. all the images I see they're on like some scaffolding in uh, like a full blue screen room. So um, there I saw two images. One that like it's definitely Andrew Garfield, and then another that's further away. It's very blurry; you can't really see, but it's Andrew. Like he's looking like he's in the same spot, and then the other one, it's like yeah, that's probably Toby. It's in a red suit. It's a little brighter in color, um, which you know, his suit did have brighter colors than Andrew Garfield's, at least in the first movie. Uh, they kind of they kind of brighten the colors a bit in the second movie, but they still weren't as bright. <laughs> Bless. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, like, let's... I, I, I'm i not surprised we didn't see him in the trailer. I do think we'll see I'm them not. in the second trailer, though. I would be cool if they didn't even show him in the second trailer. I'd be cool if I didn't see him until the movie. I, I think they'd want to put it out there so that they can start, like, getting toys out of them and stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. And, and I forgot just, capitalism was still a and thing. And like put them put them on merchandising like t-shirts and whatever. Yeah. Um because no, you're totally think right. think back to what the Mandalorian did. In order to keep the child a secret, they didn't even start licensing any merchandising until episode 1 was out. So that none of these things were in production, right? And no toy company could leak them. But at the expense of that was it was a long time before there was any merchandise of the child, right? And the first yeah. merchandise to be out kind of sucked because it was just like, well, here's something. Here's a T-shirt with the concept art on it. That's all we could really make on a short notice, right? Wow. So, you know, it took so long Thanks, for Disney. there to be like any toys or anything. Um, but they wanted to keep that a secret. Toby and Andrew are just they're not a secret at this point I get they're trying to keep it but I I will I will be so genuinely surprised if they're not in the movie at this point right it's like you're bringing back their villains you know there's so many leaks about it they can't all be fake let's be honest with ourselves um if any of the leaks are fake I'm gonna say it's Daredevil I'm gonna say Daredevil's not in it um, but we could still be surprised by a cameo from Charlie Cox, right? It, it could happen. Um, reportedly, Fingy. the movie might be sitting at two and a half hours, uh, according to something I saw today that was like, movie theaters are put out, um, like the runtime of the movie. Um, I It feels way too early to have that information, though. That is not usually like available until way closer to the movie, so I don't think that's true i think it's probably like some placeholder or something that a theater company mm -hmm. put out i wouldn't be surprised if this movie is three hours though i think you know there's a lot to cover if any marvel movie deserves it it's endgame if a second one does it's this right it has so much going on it might need that much time um and also what i would love to see 
happen is um, end credit scene. You have Toby, Tom, and Andrew. They're, you know, doing whatever. And, uh, you know, Doctor Strange comes up to them. He's like, hey, this other universe needs your help now, right? It opens up a portal. They step through it into the Spider-Verse 2. They lead directly into that story and become a part of it. I'd love it. That would be that would be nuts. Yeah. You know, uh, that movie comes out very shortly after. I think it'd be it'd be it'd be pretty cool to do. Um, but yeah, I know I know there's a lot that this trailer isn't showing us, you know, aside from just Toby and Andrew most likely. Um, but like even Tom Holland himself was like the trailer was just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much you don't know. I can't wait for you guys to see this movie. So surprised that he hasn't spoiled any of it yet oh he would get fucking yeah like i feel like there's a big bag of beans on the table oh, i mean i know it's the big haha meme that he spoils all the time and i think like while he was marketing homecoming a lot of that was genuine almost everything after that has has just been marketing right him revealing the the infinity war poster was obviously marketing him revealing the title of Far From Home was obviously marketing, right? Like, those were all orchestrated by Disney and Sony. And um, I, I do think he, you know, he's learned his lesson <laughs> about it. Um, but what's interesting is, on a similar note, you know, before it was Tom Holland, Mark Ruffalo was the was the leaker, right? He was the one who was always leaking mm-hmm. everything. Um. I was just reading. Apparently, Kevin Feige was not mad about that Thor Ragnarok incident. You know what happened, right? Where he um, he forgot to shut off an Instagram Live and put his phone in his pocket. And, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie, everyone watching the live could hear it at the premiere. No. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Um, that is funny. And the live, like, ends with, like, some executive coming up and being like, Turn off your phone. Your phone is on. Um, apparently Kevin Feige That's so apparently Kevin Feige wasn't even mad about it he was just like we got more marketing from that incident than we did from the whole rest of the premiere <laughs> <laughs> so fair uh, play I guess yeah fair play um, anyway going back to No Way Home we still have a lot to discuss from this trailer we've just talked about Toby and Andrew who aren't even really confirmed let's talk about the stuff we do see in the trailer um, you know, we see, it looks like at least the beginning of the movie is going to pick up right where Far From Home left off, you know, people start crowding around him, we see, you know, the story continuing, uh, you know, the news story developing, um, I think, you know, that's just going to be the opening scene, I think we're going to cut, like, a couple months later, at the very least, um, you know, it looks like, or, you know, we see time progress as he goes through the court system or whatever or try just trying to get used to some like montage time passing of of you know the aftermath of this because honestly it seems like it's mostly calmed down by the time he he goes to dr strange right Mm -hmm. um like like i honestly think he might get proven innocent so he's not really when he goes to dr strange he's not really worried about like being accused of being a murderer anymore he just doesn't want people to know who he is because it's making his job harder 
I think that's more going to be his main reason. Um, but he goes to Doctor Strange. He's like, hey, can you do a magic for me? I don't want people to know who I am. And Doctor Strange is like, okay. And Wong's like, don't do it. And Doctor Strange is like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then he does the spell. And Peter's like, wait, wait, maybe, maybe do the spell a bit differently. He's like, I can't do it differently. You need to shut up. And then he doesn't shut up. And then they break open the multiverse. Which, that's pretty funny, right? That we were like, oh man, I can't wait for, for Doctor Strange to you know have to come and fix the multiverse. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna be so angry at, at Sylvie and whatever. And it's like, oh no, oh he's the one who broke it. He, <laughs> it's his fault. He has to clean up his own mess. Okay. Um. Now, I see a lot of people talking about Doctor Strange in this trailer, being like, uh. I don't think that's the real Doctor Strange. Why is he so nonchalant about doing this dangerous spell? I think it's someone else pretending to be Doctor Strange. Or it's a variant of Doctor Strange. And it's like, no, I don't. I think I think Stephen Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange, is acting 100% in character in this movie. Do you know how yep. massive his ego is? Huge. Wong, He's a doctor. Wong told him not to do it, and that made him want to do it even more. To try to prove something, right? To prove he could. You know? I. He... He didn't know that it was going to, you know, break open the multiverse or whatever. He didn't, he didn't know all that. Because... The warnings really should come before the spells. Right? Yeah, you know, sometimes you spill your glass of water, and other times you open a massive multiversal portal. Yeah, Stephen Strange has not grown as a character in the MCU at all. Not at all. He, he hasn't. He's he's still the same arrogant prick he was before, right? It's just now, mm-hmm. instead of being an arrogant doctor, he's an arrogant sorcerer. He's just more powerful. And that power, I do think that power goes to his head. And people are like, well, what about Infinity War? Well, in Infinity War, he was specifically tasked with protecting the Time Stone. And he took that very seriously. Protecting the multiverse isn't his job right now. Now, it will become his job <laughs> because he breaks it. But it's not his job right now. So he doesn't care that much. And, and, and again, he doesn't know that that's what's going to happen. I, 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 I don't buy into the fake Doctor Strange Mephisto bullshit. <laughs> Let's just get over it. Mephisto's not real. Mephisto will never be in the MCU. Let's just... I don't know. Let's just cut our losses and go home. No. <laughs> it's not. Um, so, yeah, I don't... And you know what? They could They could surprise me. And I know... Mephisto is part of a storyline that this movie is based on in the comics. But here's the thing. That storyline in the comics sucks ass and no one likes it. And that's why they're not actually adapting it. I assume you're not familiar with the comic storyline One More Day? Nope. One More Day is one of the most hated Spider-Man storylines in the comics probably maybe only beat by clone saga but at least the comics recovered from clone saga the comics have yet to recover 
from One More Day. And One More Day was in, like, 2007, so it's had plenty of time. Oh, jeez. But One More Day uh, happens, you know, a couple years after Civil War. And, you know, most people know that in, in Civil War in the comics, uh, Peter Parker reveals his public identity to the world. Uh, while he's on Iron Man's side, he he. This is a big you know show of his support for the pro registration side that you know he who has always had a secret identity is willing to reveal it to the public and urges others to do the same. Before, he switches to Captain America's side and takes it back and, you know. But, you know he doesn't want his public identity known anymore, so. Uh, he ends up and. Um. Actually, the, the big thing that the reason he really goes to Mephisto is um, Aunt May gets critically shot um, because of his public identity, right? So she becomes a target. She gets shot. Um, Peter initially goes to Doctor Strange, actually. He's like, hey, can you do some magic? Help my aunt take my secret identity away also? And Doctor Strange is like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> no, that's so dangerous. I'm not going to do that. Um, clearly, like, the complete opposite of movie Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. But that's because comics Doctor Strange has a lot more experience, and he, ta- he, he takes what he does seriously. Movie Doctor Strange doesn't. I'm sure he'll get there, you know? I, th- I think Multiverse of Madness will take him there. Uh, comics Doctor Strange is already there. Um, and so Peter eventually finally goes to Mephisto, and Mephisto makes a deal. He's like, I'll, I'll take away your secret identity, uh, or I'll give you back your secret identity, I'll, I'll heal Aunt May, but what I want in return is you were never married to Mary Jane. That never happened. And begrudgingly... Jesus. Yeah, begrudgingly, he takes it. And it was all editorial. The editorial, like, thought there was nowhere to go with their marriage, so they just undid it. And And, and now, you know... What, this is 2007, so we're, like, 14 years later, right? Mm-hmm. 13, 14 years later? I don't know. Yep. And and still, he hasn't even proposed to Mary Jane yet. <laughs> they, they have not recovered from this. And, and fans hate it for that. Because fans loved their marriage, you know? Peter Parker and Mary Jane, they just belong together. The, yeah. the issue where they're married is one of the most iconic issues of Amazing Spider-Man of all time. Uh, like, one of the most iconic covers, one of the most... And and so, like, yeah, it... it and, and editorial still refuses to allow them to be married, so... That's stupid. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, incredibly frustrating. Now, we have gotten... Um, some alternate universe takes where they do get married. Um, there's this pretty popular story that happened uh, during the Secret Wars event called Renew Your Vows, um, where they actually are married. They have their own kid. They're actually a family of, like a crime-fighting family of three spider people, because I think Mary Jane gets some powers as well. Um, yeah, very sky high, huh? <laughs> Go, you know, take it back to the last episode. Um, <laughs> I've read a couple issues of that. I, I actually, I do want to keep reading it. Um, unfortunately, it is written by one of the worst comic writers of all time, Dan Slott. But from what I've read, it actually does seem to be some of his better work. 
So anyway, gotten on a lot of tangents here. There's still more trailer to talk about. Um, I love you know, some of the visuals here after the multiverse breaks open, right? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man falling through the, the mirror dimension. It looks like Strange is about to save him. The train thing where, like, it splits off into, like, a bunch of trains. Yeah, that shit was sick. That was so cool. And, and some people think it might actually be um, Peter and Strange fighting each other in this in this scene. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. We'll have to see, really. You know, the question is, did the taking away Peter's... It did giving Peter's secret identity back work, right? Did that part of the spell work? I'm inclined to believe that it didn't, you know, because it, it broke open the multiverse instead. Um, so I'm inclined to believe it also didn't serve its intention. <laughs> um, but So now Peter's the guy... We don't really know for sure. Mysterio broke open the multiverse... And all this other bad shit. Mm-hmm. So there could even be a potential for even just like the masses to be against. Yeah. Peter. Well, and 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 well, like I said, I think he's gonna get cleared of of Mysterio's murder. Um, before he even goes to Strange, but we don't know that for mm-hmm. sure. That's just my prediction. Um, but you know, if he's got a really good lawyer, <coughs> Matt Murdock, then he very well could be. <laughs> but we gotta see. I'm not. I'm not putting my egg in that basket. Um, I'm putting my eggs in the in the Toby and Andrew basket. It's a it's a wait and see on 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 Matt Murdock. But, um, yeah, and then you know, of course, the big big, you know, reveal at the end. Um, the I freaked out when I saw the saw the pumpkin bomb. You know, looking exactly like the pumpkin bombs from, yep. from Spider-Man 1. I was like, holy shit. And that that laugh that is unmistakably Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one else can laugh like that. And Alfred Molina's Doc Ock coming out. We knew he was going to be in it, but still. I will say his CGI looks unfinished, but it's a trailer. so. But, but the de-aging doesn't look perfect. I'm sure it'll be tweaked and refined by the time the movie comes out but still hype yeah he looks honestly he looks maybe a bit too skinny in the face i think was the big problem i had with it you know mm-hmm. maybe i think maybe they de-aged him a bit too much he looks like younger than he did in the movie mm-hmm. um and i think a lot of that comes from uh his um his skin's just too smooth um, it's, it's kind of the same issue I had with Robert Downey Jr.'s de-aging in Civil War. His skin just looks too smooth, right? Um, they, I, they did a great job on, like, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man, you know, the year prior, so I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it, it's the trailer, you know. Spider-Man's Still plenty suit of time. in Civil War didn't look perfect yet in that trailer, so they, they've got time. And it looks great in the final product, so... Even though Civil War was was just at the end of that era where Marvel just couldn't do good color grading, it's just all everything was so gray back then. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't really until like Doctor Strange and Guardians Two and Homecoming that they really like got colorful. Um, 
and I, I, I love it. I love how colorful the movies are now. Same. Um, it's great. Now, one last thing is some people think that shot of, like, this random lady staring at Peter in the car. You know what shot I'm talking about? Yep. Some people... Where she's, like, in the taxi. Yeah, some people think that um, this is just some random lady that's been edited over the actual character that's sitting there. And the theory that I'm hearing going around is that it might be uh, Kirsten Dunst's uh, MJ. Possibly. I don't know why it would be her, but I think, I think she had gotten like one of the one of the trades, you know, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, those had had said something about her being in the movie. So, you, you know, it's it's possible. Um, I don't really know who it would be though it, it but but i do i do agree with people that like just something looks off about it like it doesn't look like she's really there right she looks yeah it's a little uncanny she valley. looks edited into it so anyway any any Taylor final thoughts from you i am excited yeah i mean same i <laughs> like i don't i know what else to yeah, say this trailer <laughs> broke so many records it's the most viewed trailer of all time within the first 24 hours most talked about trailer online like beating endgame that's incredible to be endgame with with a solo character's movie i mean yes that character is spider-man but still endgame is endgame yeah so you know i i think i think no way home is gonna be a big middle finger to all those people who said oh marvel is done after endgame they've run out of, of stories to tell. Yeah, I think No Way Home is going to take it so big. You know, Loki opened up the multiverse, but No Way Home is going to really ex- start to explore it. We're, we're in the multiverse saga now, is what I say. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we had the Infinity Saga, this is the multiverse saga, and I am pumped. Um, but we need to wrap it up now. There was still, like, stuff we wanted to talk about, like, I, I've started keeping a list of topics because there, there's stuff we wanted to talk about that we just knew we weren't going to get to today. Um, so I know we still haven't talked about Free Guy. Um, yeah, hopefully next week we can, but next week we're going to have another episode of What If. We're going to have Shang-Chi. So we'll see what else we can fit in there. Um, I also didn't talk about... I wanted to talk about the uh, Black Panther expansion for the Avengers game. You know, that's on the list too. So that might come next week. As well, we will see. Um, But that's going to do it for us this week. So, uh, goodbye.